Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Comic Jake Velasquez. Jake Velasquez, how the hell are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Brian? Oh, good. Thank you so much. I hear that you are wiped out because you had one of your penthouse comedy shows last night, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, the show started at like ten thirty, and so we thought, you know, like that's what we're used to with comedy. But uh, because New York's closing at eleven, I think everyone was like just not used to being up that late. It was kind of <laughs> They're like, "Is there still a curfew, man? I got to get home before the cops beat me up." Oh no, for sure. Like the last last couple comics, you could tell the audience was a little sleepy by the end. It was, it was very interesting. That's funny, and you don't have people like all juiced up on a bunch of alcohol, right? Like, hey, at these rooftop shows, is it kind of BYOB, or are you officially not supposed to have alcohol at all? Uh, yeah, so they're usually BYOB. Uh, I think last night there was like a couple drinks for sale. I don't know what's allowed to be said or not. Maybe let's say it was BYOB. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's usually that's the case. Also, like, not a lot of people seem to really be drinking. Everyone's kind of just sitting there and enjoying the show but you could tell by the end they were ready to go yeah yeah we're gonna get into the future of comedy you know whether or not this rooftop thing is kind of sustainable but before that people can find your comedy and hopefully links to all your shows at your socials and i know i follow you at twitter you're jake d velasquez and then at at instagram you're jake underscore velasquez yep so uh jake underscore velasquez and it's v-e-l-a-z-q-e-z a lot of people put the s in there there's no s no, yours is the correct spelling. Everybody else sucks. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> spell it. Spell it like the painter Diego Velasquez. Yes, and, yes. And you're gonna you're gonna make the name even more famous. You're gonna steal your name back. <laughs> That'd be tough, but I hope so. <laughs> It'd be good. And then you have a link tree here, so they can see that your your penthouse comedy. It, it looks like it's at it's at a couple venues. I know you do a couple rooftops. One of which is Tiny Cupboard, and a lot of people are putting on rooftop shows there. But you're also at a cafe. Yeah, uh, so we're also at Cafe Erzuli, which is a really cool space. Actually, I'm excited to be there. Um, the that, but we haven't done it yet, so that's going to be next week is our first show there, and hopefully it goes well, and then we could do something on a more consistent basis. But is that uh, going to be like out, out in the backyard or something of the cafe? Yeah, they have a yard, but it's like it's set up really nicely. They like usually they have like jazz and stuff there, so it's kind of uh-huh. like this like high end vibe. I don't know nice. how it will mix with comedy, but I think it'll be fun. Were they were they kind of uh, out in the backyard or whatever even before the pandemic? Oh yeah, I think they were even doing comedy shows before the pandemic. That's how you know it's pimp. If they yeah, were right. already set up for the outdoors, man, some of those backyards can look pretty fucking sweet when it comes to these high end cafes, especially if they're gonna have jazz there. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, there's especially in Brooklyn, you know, because it's hard to have these like big uh, outdoor spaces in Manhattan. But especially in Brooklyn, there's some, like some really, really cool places, and uh, hopefully more start opening up for comedy shows, because uh, I think you know it could be really cool. We're kind of limited right now, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and so what what what's gonna kind of happen after it starts getting cold? Do we do we think there's gonna be a vaccine? Do we think the city's gonna stop being tough on these indoor venues such that they might start slowly increasing capacity? Well, uh, the. So I actually also work in commercial real estate. Uh, <laughs> nice. Like, You're the person to ask. All right. Yeah. yeah. So like actually the New York City uh, Hospitality Alliance, which is like a lot of bars, restaurants, hotels, stuff like that. 
they're starting to like talk about suing the like Cuomo and the SLA, the state nice. liquor authority, nice. because uh, there's no plan for indoor dining yet, and obviously like they're putting the nail in the coffin for all these businesses that have like already suffered so much, um, especially like. It's, I know New York's tough because we're all on top of each other, but there's like some spots, if it's big enough and you could social distance and you have masks, I don't see why like, you know, 33% capacity wouldn't work because they're yeah. doing it at gyms, they're doing it at museums and at gyms and museums, you're more likely to brush shoulders with people than if you're sitting, you know, spread out and... Dying. And at least at the gym, there's tons of expelling of breath and, and virus and things like that. The viral load per right. cubic inch of air or something is probably pretty heavy at a gym. But also some of this might have to do with, you know, because I think it's airborne, I think if your ventilation system is better, you know, if you kind of kick out old air and, and pipe in new air, I would think that you should be able to show that to the city. And right now, because it's just so emergency basis, they're just kind of locking down everybody without regard for, you know, people who might take those extra measures like putting in new ventilation. For sure. Actually, there's a, like some businesses popping up now. Uh, this guy reached out to me the other day that that's what he, he's doing. He's like, help the HVAC system. It's like the AC systems for a lot of these places where like yeah. the work is. He's like yeah. helping install these like better filters for the yeah. virus. And then also another business that's popping up is like rapid testing uh, on site, uh-huh. which could be something. I don't know how it would work with like obviously a restaurant, but for uh, certain shows, getting a rapid test or a temperature check, stuff like that. Like I feel like if they just enforced masks and temperature checks and did uh, limited capacity, I don't see. Like, I don't, I'm so curious why that hasn't been allowed as long as you require businesses to do that. Yeah, I love the fact that maybe at like if the wait times are such, and they probably will be because the capacity will be low, it would be so cool if you could like give the hostess your name, take the test, and then 40 minutes later, by the time you get a fucking seat, you're able to find out whether or not you're negative or positive. Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome. <laughs> I think I think we're heading there. We'll see. I mean, wow. and it, like... There was actually a place I was at recently, and I was surprised because it's a really old school burger spot. But they, uh, just to use the bathroom to go indoors, they had to check your temperature, and then you get on a waiting list for the bathroom. Wow! Even Starbucks has theirs totally shut down. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Though, because like that's all. That's like one of the only reasons people go to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I was totally surprised to finally get a temperature t- check at the dentist, which is where you should have it. But the guy just came out of nowhere and just fucking put a thing against my head, and I was like, dude, I'm a fat guy. It's hot outside. I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably running a temperature at all times. But I think in that case, what they do is they let you cool down for ten minutes and then they take the temperature check. But I think uh, as far as, you know, one thing I want to know, penthouse comedy, you know, to the extent comedy will, of course, continue in New York City and will probably continue on rooftops. And then, I don't know, uh, beer gardens that are a little bit heated or something like that. Um, But penthouse comedy will be at the at the front of it. You know, you and former guest Shafi Hossein are booking some big names. Um, But on your Instagram feed, I also saw you did a rooftop mic, I think, with people like uh, Claire Alexander and Mae Planner and some former guests who are really great comics too and so one thing i wanted to ask is you know when you when you go see open micers back in the day like when you started what was their you know how did they compare to the great names that you're booking now because you're booking the joe lists of the world and 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 things like that and i want to know like 
you know, even if they're coming and doing kind of new stuff here and there, are you always just fairly confident that they'll pull it out? Whereas, you know, back in the day, open micers, you weren't before. And I think you're the person I'm asking this to just because you and Shafi have so many big names on your shows. Yeah, well, what's funny is like I'm hitting open mics so hard still. So it's like I, I, I definitely have that same experience even now. Like uh, I think it's it's just like a, you know, it's hard to compare. Uh, they're just so much better. <laughs> they've been doing it like so much longer and you know it's like it's also like I've, i'm realizing with comedy the more i do it it's like the hardest workers are always going to like thrive the person that you always see at the mics and like there's some people that are at open mics that are amazing and uh you know really good but uh you know people like list or norman or all those uh types of people it's like not only is their writing great but they're also just like hitting the all they do is they like you know, uh, eat, sleep, and breathe comedy. So it's like they're as, and they've been doing it for so long. Like they're as good as it gets. So it's it's kind of cool because it's like what we're striving for as open mic comedians. But it's not. Yeah, there's just like no comparison. They're it's just not the same. Better. It's probably like seeing Michael Jordan during a shoot around versus yeah, yeah. <laughs> some G leaguer or something like that. And also, even like uh, especially because the outdoor shows, they could get a little. Uh, like sometimes it's hard to hear laughter. Like the show we had last night, you like someone would be doing well, but it's hard to tell you're doing well ah. because of the way the sounds traveling. Also, there was like a train going by and like all these other things you got to deal with. And uh, the people that are like the the pros are just so much better at handling that. Mm, so they kind of incorporate it into their act. They'll point it out too. Right, like they're super present. Something happens, and now that's a riff. You know, and that's what makes everyone laugh. And it's like, I think they just handle stuff like that so much better. Yes. And somebody like Mark Norman in the park, you know, he's been doing those videos of him in the parks and things like that. And it's just, it's so fun to watch him, um, you know, just kind of riff. And sometimes, you know, he acknowledges that the riff, you know, with his riff, he's acknowledging that it's not going well <laughs> or, the, or that, you know, in this sunny post-pandemic time people don't want to go too dark with their comedy or something and so he's able to riff on it and you're able to see the the pain that might freak out an open micer you know they might freeze up and not be able to tell a joke after that for sure and also it's funny i i also think there's just like a huge difference in the standard you know like uh they might think like a pro might say it's not going well and to me that'd be i consider that going amazing <laughs> <laughs> so like because like, that I, I saw, I forget who it was, but I saw someone in a, like at a park show and it was just hard to hear. Yeah. But like up front, you know, I was, I was like in stitches, but then I guess <laughs> they thought that they weren't doing well because they kept think like riffing on jokes, bombing. But to me, I'm like, that joke didn't bomb. I thought that <sighs> like very That's so funny, you know, 10 people laughing instead of the normal hundred. And they're thinking, oh, well, you guys don't really like that one. It's like, no, that's fucking killing in the park. Yeah, it's just, and it's also hard because, you know, you're enclosed in a comedy club and that's what everyone's used to. And like the sound of laughter, it's like thunderous, you know, when you're indoors. But when you're outdoors, it's just like the sound is not nearly as good. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. So, but it's nice that you, you know, maybe you didn't get used to that yet. <laughs> they yeah. got totally used to it. And then there's people like Nikki Glazer on Rogan recently. And she's like, dude, it's just like now you go to these places with lower capacity. It's like those clubs back in the day who didn't know how to seat people. And so it's just like all the clubs suck now because of the social distancing. But if you got used to, if you didn't get used to those laughs, 
and people piled on top of each other and um, the room being dark and great acoustics and people, you know, just drinking their ass off. I mean, th then you don't know what you what you missed. And so, yeah, what are the stepping stones now? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, I got penthouse comedy show, you know, meaning like a, a comic coming up will be like, dude, I, I get to play on the tiny covered rooftop. That's pretty sweet. That's a credit. Right. Like, what are the what are the credits now? Like, kind of what can people strive for? And and is anybody tempted to leave the city and go to places that are not as locked down, even if, even if on like a touring basis? Yeah, especially if they don't have jobs and especially if they were getting unemployment to the tune of a thousand bucks a week. Yeah, I was talking to some comics about this yesterday, and I think uh, if if it does get shut down again, it's going to be interesting. It might just go back to like what we were doing before with like Zoom, and I, I really hope that doesn't happen. But uh, yeah. that's what it might go back to. But also, I think there's definitely going to be people that just, especially if you're like a full time comedian, I feel like it's almost in your best interest to go somewhere where it's warm and comedy clubs are open. Uh, or outdoor shows are being performed because it's it's like i feel like what the virus showed us is like very like state to state you know like so yeah. new york is shut down but like now there's a thriving comedy scene in like texas or california i don't see i mean some obviously you know it's hard to like move and you have commitments to leases and it's whatever but like if you have the ability to i don't see why you wouldn't but that's just like a personal opinion i don't know how many people will actually do that yeah, especially if they have space, you know, not only the warm weather, but fucking take a big old, you know, any, any fucking cul-de-sac neighborhood has about 10 parks in it. You know? <laughs> of course, like, you know, that, that sort of existence frowns upon the arts scene though. You know, right. you, you might get down there and the weather's great and you have a lot of space, but you have all these fucking suburban moms being like, I don't want these dick and fart jokes in my neighborhood. Yeah. You know what though? Also these, those areas, those areas, like their restaurants or their bars or their comedy clubs, are so much bigger because commercial real estate is so much cheaper. So yeah. you can social distance way better outside of the city. Even upstate, you probably could. So like it's, uh, I'm want, especially with like all the mechanisms we have in place now with like PPE, temperature checks, social distancing. I feel like comedy clubs will be open come winter. It just might not be in New York City. Yeah. You know, because it's so hard here because we're so, like, everything's so tight. And that's just, like, you know, I'm wondering why there isn't more, like, comedy houses. Like you said, like, if you can get, you know, I've had, like, 160 guests on. If we all go down to Florida, I imagine hey, we can almost fucking start a scene. But I guess that's effectively what you guys did pre-pandemic in Brooklyn. You're like, we don't all, all have to live in the same comedy house because we all live within three blocks of each other. Right. And we can all, um, you know, just, you know, get good thriving mics going and good bar shows going. Um, but yeah, like, and I guess my question is, you know, like you might be the guy to do it cause you're penthouse comedy and your commercial real estate and things like that. But is there a way to kind of, um, organize this scene better such that, you know, the mics are better, the bar shows are better, you know, there's not as much competition, there's more collaboration. And I just kind of trailed off my question, but that, <laughs> I think that was the question, you know, like, yeah, is there a way to do it? Is there a way to be like, okay, I'm, I'm Shafi Hossein, I'm Jake Velasquez, I've had, you know, 100 comics on, I want to all, I want to get them all together and find a way for us to create a scene going forward, whether or not it's in New York City or if it's online. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we'll probably just continue to like find places to do shows. And like we talked about, if uh, the weather gets too cold and New York shuts down, we think like upstate New York or Connecticut would be open and then we could use 
uh, like a track record here to go out there. But yeah. uh, in terms of like starting a scene, I, I think it would have to be like someone much bigger than us. You know, <laughs> like, like uh, what's his name? Uh, like Rogan's moving to Texas. I'm sure right. that's going to start something. Oh, yeah. At the, at the very least, the fucking incestuous L.A. scene will become the incestuous Austin scene. Right. But also, I think it's maybe you, you guys, you know, maybe you and Shafi aren't the people to do it because you guys are doing so well. Like, it's, you know, you guys are, are putting on shows a couple times a month or whatever, and you guys are are playing with or you're playing on stage with some of the bigger names in New York City comedies. That kind of, you know, would you have had the same opinion on that five years ago when you weren't so juiced in i mean now like that's almost you know that's part of the success it's like you know once you get to a certain point and you paid your dues so you don't need to give back but like you really have no incentive to change things because you're fucking doing well right yeah well actually i think part of that is uh being opportunistic in this like climate you know because we i I don't know if we would have gotten the same names if it if there were more opportunities, like if these comics could do sets at the cellar, I don't know yeah. if they'd be doing sets on our roof. Maybe <laughs> they would. I don't know. I, but like, it seems like it's much easier uh, because we're also, you know, through like donations or ticket sales able to pay comics. Yeah. Them like the same paid spots that they were getting pre pandemic, just not in comedy clubs, just on rooftops. And so like, <sighs> that's why we're able to get everybody. But, um, and also now we've built like a, decent enough track record i mean it's been pretty we're still pretty early on so i don't want to like get ahead of myself but uh you know we've built a decent enough track record that like people i guess trust us that the show is not going to be an absolute air ball and that they'll have a good time and a good crowd and you know and get paid so, so it's, I, it's only now when you when you finally you know so you're going to feast while there's food to eat right Right, exactly. Because <laughs> you, you've been hungry for far too long, and it might go that way again if all these clubs open up and, you know, this top-tier talent goes to the cellar or something. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, hopefully now doing this for the few months, uh, you know, not only building good connections, but, uh, like, you know, proving that we'll put on a good show. And then also just, like, maybe people will remember us. Maybe they'll continue to do our shows when they're available. And so just, like, kind of, you know, like, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's hard to see like what's going to happen, but as long as we do good work now, I think it'll pay off in the future. And so, like yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it. And so, and, and I see in your Twitter bio that, that you are a Port- Puerto Rican Jew, proudly. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I would think that as a Puerto Rican Jew, like at what point did you start getting these opportunities, like pre-pandemic? You know, when did you meet Shafi Hossein, and when did you start kind of playing with some of the bigger names on the bill? What was your comedy journey as a Puerto Rican Jew when you got to New York City, or maybe you lived, lived here all your life? Yeah, I grew up here. I think actually Puerto Rican Jews is like a indigenous New York species. Yes, it's hard to find this anywhere else. There's like, <laughs> there's probably like thirty, and they're all in like the Bronx. Yeah, uh, so you have quite yeah. the scene. Yeah, no, for sure. So I don't know how much of a fan base I'll be able to develop with that, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but no, I met Shafi like probably about a year ago, but we're just like casually at open mics, and then it, we didn't really start this until pretty recent like we kind of like just got started on it like our first show was like maybe about a month ago Ah. but uh but it's been in the works for let's say two months because i had like a you know a mic on my roof because i just wanted to like because there was no mics at the time uh like there was just zoom stuff and i had the rooftop and i figured i'll buy a microphone about i'll uh buy an amp and i'll do a mic at my house 
And then Shafi came to one, and then it was actually Shafi's idea. He's like, this would be a great place for a show. And then I, so I stopped doing the mic because I didn't want to get any complaints from my <sighs> And then we just started doing the show there. And then once we got the first show, we went to these venues in Brooklyn, um, one that Shafi knew and then one that I knew uh, from work. And then uh, we were supposed to have another one in the Bronx, but unfortunately uh, Cuomo is trying to crack down on, like, liquor license uh yeah. like the sla is cracking down on like any business with a liquor license can't have like these ticketed events so uh that one in the bronx is actually on hold but okay. now we got these you know these three spots and you know we're we'll keep i, I mean i think it's enough honestly I, I don't know how many more shows we could really handle but uh we'll just keep doing it until we see what happens and then if we have to like pivot to like other areas then we'll end up doing that and so kind of be before you met Shafi, though, like, were you doing open mics and things like that? Or how long have you been doing it in New York City? And was it was it difficult to find the Shafi Hosseins of the comedy scene that were, you know, like minded with a Puerto Rican Jew? Uh -huh. Well, so I actually like tried comedy like in my so I'm like 29 now. I tried twice in my early 20s for like six months at a time. OK. You know? And then like in, out and out. And I was working a lot. So it was just hard to do. Yeah. And uh, just recently, as I worked long enough, I didn't have as many as much of a workload, and I was able to kind of like jump into comedy. Yeah. So for like a year and a half, it's like, and hit. I do like you know, two three mics a day every day, and then just when you do that, when you're like grinding, you just meet a lot of people. So then that's kind of how I met Coffee, and I think our we're like minded in that we're just both really hard workers. Yeah, so I love working with him because he's like. Cause I think I'd get on anybody else's nerves <laughs> cause I'm like always texting and like thinking of something and uh, he's the same, but he's the same way. So it's like, he appreciates it, the hustle. Yeah. So I, I actually like working with him a lot. Yeah. He's, he's very nuanced. I try to get him to kind of uh, tear apart American stereotypes and he, he's the first to tell you that, you know, yeah, that might be the stereotype, but once you get here, there's a thousand different, you know, you know, everybody's kind of individual and you don't paint, paint with too broad of a brush. And, um, I love that. And I also love, like, once you hustle your ass off, you tend to run into a lot of people over and over again. I had Adam Mueller in the studio, and he knew the he knew the person before him and the person after him. Like, we were stacking up, you know, one episode right after, right after the other. And every everybody, you know, knew Adam Mueller, and they're like, oh, great set last night or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a hustler right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, like, in two places at once, that guy. <laughs> crazy. I see him when we... Before the pandemic, I felt like every mic I'd go to, he was there. So, <laughs> guys at every place, yeah. No, he's I, I think that might with Daniel, he had a finance career or something like that. I thought. Yeah. And so yeah, some of these some of these people with their white collar jobs, whatever, like John Lisman seems to be something similar with his Monte mornings. Like his day his day job is a lawyer, and my day job is a lawyer. And so it's a uh, you're a commercial real estate dude. So it's just like some of this hustle can really do well in comedy. You just have. The tough part is also being funny, though. I can't imagine going to three, you know, three, three mics a night and being in a good enough mood to riff on the mic. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's so much fun, you know. I just, <laughs> I just love it. So it's like I, I'm down to be around it at all times. But I think, uh, no, it's I, I think careers like that, at least for me, like with real estate, especially because it's like commission based and you have to be a self starter. Yeah. Uh, it built like the best habits. So my habits are like. Like, I keep track of, like, how many mics I'm doing a week, and I treat it as if it's, like, a game. And that's, like, something I learned from real estate. So I feel like there's just, like, good habits that I built 
And I think a lot of other those of those type of careers build good habits for people to be. Um, I think in gamifying it, what what is the extent of your records? It's not only how many you went to, but is it is it to see, you know, did you go you know go go to more this week than you did last week, or are you also like, oh, this mic sucked because there was only three people there. I mean, how much stuff do you write down? Because I think Adam Mueller got pretty specific. He even like wrote down the the numbers corresponding with the belly belly laughs, etc. Oh, well, uh, that's no, I don't do any, I don't do, I keep it pretty simple. Uh, I just, cause I, it's like, you can only control so much. So I just focus on like the things I have control over. So right. it's like, how many mics am I hitting a week and then trying to be consistent. And then like, you know, it's like, oh, this is how much I do on an average week. So then I know, okay, if I hit like, let's say the average week is like 15 and I hit 10, it's like, okay, that was a shitty week. Like next week I'll try to hit more than 15 and, you know, just kind of like, view it from that lens but it's hard to control like the turnout and how the audience is and so like i try to pay as little attention to that just because it'll drive me crazy when it yeah. does my way so yeah like, only focus on the things i can control and stuff yeah like a true salesman too it's like yeah. you can only you can only like take down oh i made 100 calls this week or something you can't control you know how many actually buy this week right exactly so it's like that's something i took from that and also same thing with like uh um, like how much time I put into writing, how much time I put into like how many shows I'm doing, like that's all stuff I have a little more control over. So I'll, I'll try to like help with that, uh, you know, like or track and make sure I do that. And that's how you that's how you ended up on the penthouse, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what got me here. Well, yeah, we'll track all the the penthouse comedy show. It's going to be you know a show that has all the big names, and and we'll see what happens when you know New York City returns. I think their reputation for quality will, uh, you know, continue unabated, and hopefully we'll see the the Claire Alexanders and May Planners up there. But in the meantime, stay tuned. Jake D Velasquez at Twitter, and then Jake underscore Velasquez at Instagram, and it's spelled like the painter. Yes, perfect. Dude, Jake Velasquez, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate you having me on.